This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. George calling us there uh, from Sochanguve. Just a lot of people. I don't know if we should just celebrate the whole the fact that democracy is in action. Uh, where then we see a lot of these parties on the ballot. Everyone is moving to open uh, their own political party. Uh, how does that work? How how does that really? Where does that leave uh, the the electorate here uh, in terms of who we go for uh, in next year's elections? I'm sure George is not the only one that is confused as we speak right now as to who then do you vote for uh, do you put your vote uh, and pin it uh, with the old traditional party that you voted for in the past uh, do we see you you know changing things uh, switching things up a bit and voting for the new uh, players in this space uh, basing your hope there as an alternative uh, do you then maybe probably move and be informed by your faith in terms of how you vote because we have parties like your ACDP that are around issues of you know religion and the likes and also I mean we had there just Becky talking about the traditional vote that there's also that traditional vote whereby a lot of people will tend to be playing in that space but saying that we need to see traditional leaders also assert their authority here where the elections are concerned so it's a very confusing period for the electorate as we speak right now. Good morning, good morning, and certainly good morning to everyone. And it is just beginning to be confusing, and uh, <laughs> it is yet to be even more oh, confusing uh, as we see and as we prepare for so many who will start now, you know, presenting their manifestos, presenting mm. who they are, what it is that they can offer, how they're an alternative, and all those other things. But it is rightfully so a confusing thing, more especially when where South African politics are concerned. The confusion lies in what I believe is this inability to actively differentiate between what is what uh, could be and what should be, more specifically from a point of view of there being a massive lack of ideological difference that mm. actually then serves as a distinguishing factor, yeah. um, you know, amongst political parties. Now, obviously, ideology does not run a system. Ideology does not run a government. It does not run a country, but it shapes the morals, the values, and it shapes the very essence around what it is that can be made what it is that can be done to actively get to a, a predetermined destination now the issue is that in south african politics right now um you know 29 years in 30 years in uh, the anc would have been the ruling party for 30 years come next year um but even in that space you don't have, you know, ideological differences whereby you can actively say that this is the situation, this is the alternative. Um, I think also our biggest downfall, and I think prior to actually touching on that biggest downfall, when you just look at the alternative, all these parties at an ideological perspective are fundamentally the same. It's yep. only your EFF that, that, that stands as a direct alternative because of, you know, its posturing and, and mm. its ideological basing. Um, and then, of course, you then look at a party similar to perhaps the ACDP, um, you know, basing itself on, on, on certain Christian values. Of course, some would argue that some of the, 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 the beliefs of the ACDP are, of course, a little too uh, Christian fundamental. Uh, then you have your your uh, FF Plus, which yeah. uh, is a little more conservative. But fundamentally, outside of those, um, you okay in, in in a local sense, you've got Al Jamal, which is of course founded or you know on certain principles, uh, Islamic principles and and such. But the point is, you you, you find yourself in a space whereby you actively 
don't know who to choose because one you don't know the parties you don't know what they represent but also you, you, you we are also to blame because mm. we also don't necessarily engage on the wider spectrum of what it is uh, to involve yourself in politics case in point um yes we understand that the economy and 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 employment are big talking factors as far as uh, our country is concerned. The energy crisis is a big thing. But beyond these big ticket items that are constantly, um, you know, trending, that are constantly being uh, shown in the limelight, you have other things that we don't actively see um, these political parties or our government, uh, you know, engage on. And it's those things, it's those intricacies that don't allow us. And it's because of the fact that we do not find ourselves in a situation whereby we engage on these things on a daily basis that we find ourselves, you know, uh, seeking the answer as to who, what, when, where, why, and uh, why this party and who should I vote for. For case in point, we take for granted that we have one of the best written constitutions in the world. Uh, but similarly so, we take... We take it so much for granted that because it exists, we don't realize that there are still certain things in South African law that are, 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 are not recognized or, you know, there are certain things that are not actively given, uh, you know, the time of day. Yes, we have one of the best written constitutions, but do the morals and values and how we integrate as a people uh, reflect a South Africa where you know, members of the LGBTQIA plus community actually feel safe? Uh, do they actually feel seen? Do they actually feel as a part of society and as equals to, uh, you know, uh, the heteronormative standards and people of the country? You, you, you look at something such as our gun laws. Uh, we, we, we don't and because we don't see or hear from yeah. these politicians uh, and these parties what their stances are on certain things it makes it more difficult but that's also because we don't engage them because for us as long as it's economy as long as it's jobs we're okay you oh, know yeah. so the confusion is one <sighs> perpetuated by the number of parties as well. Every second day, someone is opening a party, which is quite annoying, frankly, because not everyone is cut out sure. and should be in politics. Yeah, and and also when you look at it, uh, that it it becomes a little bit trickier uh, when you see them not coming through with a fresh yes. strategy, strategy, yes. and then to attack uh, the ANC, right? Uh, because one would say that strategy of you in any way discrediting uh, the ANC uh, just for over the years is something that doesn't work. What we yes. want is to see a, you know, governance that is on the move. Yes. If you are saying that I'm a vehicle of change, you should be able to say, I mean, look, I've done one, two, three, and four. I promised you one, two, three, and four, uh, you know, since our inception, and this is what we've delivered, uh, you know, so, yeah, you see us being visible. I was talking about uh, the EFF the other day on how uh, they don't compromise on issues of racism. Uh, you mean you find them everywhere. Uh, where, you know, it's just one of those things that are so refreshing uh, to say that you, in terms of you being consistent, uh, that is what we can give to the party to say they've been consistent about uh, really how are the seven Cardinal pillars should go. Yes. They're not willing to compromise. Even when you look at uh, them going into coalitions or their likes, uh, they would tend to talk about how they're not going into coalition. It's an agreement or an arrangement of some sort whereby they want to have their values compromised. And these are the things that then uh, we'll have to read into going into uh, the elections next year. Uh, but, but I must say, it's going to really be a tricky one uh, for the electorates, they find mm. themselves really, really uh, at the crossroads. So when you look at also how are the, the, the just the socioeconomic challenges have really been playing out here. Yeah. So uh, now more than ever, uh, you are pinned, you are forced to really get up and try and do something about it uh, because it can't just then be business as usual. Uh, we see a lot uh, that uh, a sl a slogan uh, gaining momentum uh, that uh, says that uh, 2024 is our 
1994. Uh, so meaning yeah. that a lot of people are also reading too much into these elections to say uh, there are going to be elections that either make or break or kind of change or there should be some sort of a shift here uh, when you look at the expectations of what then lies ahead uh, in mm. the coming 30 days, uh, looking at the 30, uh, the coming 30 years in the past 30 years uh, that we come out of as a country. But we are in December, Chloe. There's a lot happening. Hello, <laughs> There's a lot happening. I was saying that, uh, you know, the heat wave really pushed people to see themselves out and about uh, this weekend as well. Uh, but we're seeing as well just a lot of operations uh, going into this period. Uh, you tend to see a lot of police visibility. I was yes. talking about them on the highways uh, that uh, this weekend. Uh, I've seen uh, just a lot more than usual of uh, the police presence on the highways. Uh, we're seeing them coming through with operations. They were there in Ekuruleni uh, during this thing operation here uh, where they arrested about a 100 suspects here, uh, those that are linked to illegal mining operations in the city of Ekuruleni. We're also seeing the sting operation here uh, by various authorities uh, working with the border management authority uh, just to try uh, by all means to root out issues of illegality, mm. especially where movement in and out of South Africa uh, is concerned. But let's start there in Ekuruleni and then we'll move into uh, what came out of this sting operation uh, by the border management authority. That is one story that we worried me a lot uh, because then I thought uh, if uh, this bus or these buses were not mm. uh, in any way searched and they found their ways into South Africa uh, with these 443 uh, children uh, under the age of eight, uh, what are they doing? In, how are they <clears throat> going to, you know, you are a child, yeah. like you don't even know A to B, you are a minor. You need someone to take care of you. So who's taking care of you when you're here in South Africa? Because then they were traveling uh, without uh, their parents. But let's start with this arrest uh, in, in Ekuruleni and then we'll go into what happened there uh, where this thing operation is concerned at the Bad Bridge uh, but opposed to issues of illegal uh, mining operations are still a cause for concern in our communities. Undoubtedly so and one of the things that when you take both these stories and as we start in Ekuruleni you know, one of the frustrating things about South Africa is the fact that when things don't work, they don't work to a point of uh, it really leaves you flabbergasted as to is this really a, a, a state? Is this, this this an instrument of the state? And then when things do work, they work so well that you become surprised. Mm. But we're grateful that there can still be effectiveness and uh, efficacy in, in trying to, you know, uphold the law uh, because we do know that at times there have been instances that have not been up to scratch. But we are told that more than 100 suspected illegal miners were arrested in Ekuruleni over the weekend uh, starting on Friday. Now, the joint operation was led by the South African Police Service, the South African National Defense Force mm -hmm. and Home Affairs. Um, there were certain tools of illegal mining trade, which include gas cylinders, pendukas, explosives and generators, which were seized. Now, this joint operation uh, was able to arrest 100 suspected uh, illegal miners, we're told from uh, the comments of Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Mavela Masondo, who is the Gauteng police spokesperson, uh, saying that authorities descended upon the marathon informal settlement after public outcry about illegal mining and random shootings in the area, quoted as saying that during the operation, which ran from the morning until late in the afternoon on Friday, uh, more than a hundred undocumented foreign nationals who are suspected to be involved in illegal mining in the area were were arrested now. Uh, furthermore, they are told, and we are told rather, that a number of places where they are illegally processing gold-bearing material were raided and dismantled. A significant quantity of the tools of trade uh, that include, you know, those that we had uh, spoken about were actually um, you know, seized. The police commissioner, provincially, uh, Lieutenant General Elias Mawela, applauded the integrated working forces and mm. called for communities to continue reporting any illegal activities, uh, including illegal mining. Now, the challenge here is, as you go about this, 
and here's the trick or, or here's the catch uh-huh. you we're grateful for the efforts that have been made around you know trying to solve this um when you then look at the suspects who were arrested uh-huh. um there's the likelihood that some may be innocent while others may be involved they still remain, and if you would remember some of the conversations we've had in the past around uh, illegal mining, the fact yeah. of the matter is uh, the, the system is far greater than what we see it to be at this surface level, whereby you find that there is a high likelihood that Dizama uh, Zama and all of that are actually just pawns in a greater scheme. Uh, uh, there's someone behind them and their yeah. efforts. Yeah. But what is then also important to understand is of the suspects uh, as already stated uh, some are undocumented uh, mm. you know uh, african foreign <laughs> nationals which then raises and and this is the thing about south africa whenever you you have a situation where that involves uh, african nationals in south africa you always need to be able to count your words and be able to navigate it exactly what it is that you want to articulate accordingly because we've seen the nature of things in which all it takes is just but one thing Uh. to just you know light that spark to then make the situation about undocumented or just about African nationals uh, you know in South Africa, as opposed to it being a matter of, well, this was about illegal mining, and mm. then all of a sudden, illegal mining is now has a face, it has a name, it's a, it's, it's, it's yeah. Nigerians, it's, it's, it's Zimbabweans, it's, it's, it's those things. So you, you just become a little weary and skeptical when these kind of things happen because now you become uh, a little weary to ensure that perception does not give a face to this thing per se because once it does that uh, there's likelihood of South Africans then mm. taking things into their own hands which can be uh, problematic at best and mm. so it's, 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 it's a tricky one but we're grateful for the strides that yeah. are being made. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing also the commissioner here allowing the work of the SANDF mm-hmm. in terms of helping them in these problematic areas. Yes. I think uh, it, it has been a pain, uh, you know, uh, for law enforcement authorities that would often get calls from these mining communities, uh, but they too feel that they're limited in terms of their resources mm-hmm. in dealing with uh, this scourge. But we're seeing members of the SANDF and we're hearing that uh, really they help Hoping to really make an impact in terms of uh, the uh, work of the authorities on the ground. And we're hoping that uh, then we'll tend to see a lot of these operations. But the concern being uh, the fact that who are the people behind these operations, right? And that's uh, a million dollar question. Yeah, and, and where, where do they go? Uh, because maybe that's where we need to start doing and scratching the surface on to mm-hmm. say, after mining as an illegal miner, where is the market? Where is it going? Who is benefiting from all of exactly. these operations? Exactly. Uh, so, so, so 100 uh, illegal or, or, or a scores of illegal miners uh, in that particular regard, some of them undocumented. Uh, so, so how do they actually fend? How do they find and make means uh, within communities and the likes who is allowing you know because there should be someone uh, that is allowing for uh, these operations to thrive where there's a market then uh, in the country we need to start you know asking those questions to say Mm -hmm. after you guys get this gold where does it go who then gives you the instruction uh, because we hear that uh, there are also pockets of, of these gangs as well that tap yes. walls uh, um, around these particular spaces and the likes mm. meaning that it's a, a lucrative kind of a space for one to want to get the best out of uh, in terms of some of the resources or the mineral minerals yeah. uh, that are mined uh, in these uh, particular areas. But w- we hope that, uh, you know, as they try by all means to win uh, this fight, uh, they'll also push to close these shafts, right? Mm. Uh, so it's not just a matter of saying we <coughs> arrest you uh, because the problem here has been that you would arrest these people, these illegal miners, uh, just uh, and then it, it goes down, it dies down a bit, especially yes. coming out of the primrose area. It mm. dies 
slows down a bit. And then, uh, you know, a week or two later, uh, you know, operations are re- have resumed. People are continuing uh, and, and the likes. What do we do? We need to close and seal these mines uh, so that we close them all together in a way that we want often just come back to the same area, yes. problematic area, whereby us, us should be to say that, okay, we close it down, we do a revisit three weeks later uh, to see if it's still closed down, we do a revisit and then we constantly just ensure that they're sealed, uh, these mines. That is how we can win this fight of, of illegal or, or zamazamas and the likes. Uh, you know, the Department of Mineral Resources also has to come in here and help authorities in identifying <coughs> mines that are redundant. Th- those that are not in use uh, to say this is where we need to but it needs to really be a, a concerted concentrated and intentional uh, operation here uh, that would just not see us celebrating the small wins when there's a bigger animal here uh, that we are really we can't we're not able to really tackle here uh, where these issues of illegality are concerned here but i want us to move to this story that we touched on here uh, by the Border Management Authority. I mean, since their inception, since uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa announced and gave them uh, the authorities here uh, to just go into issues of law enforcement, especially around uh, some of the uh, busiest ports, Mm -hmm. uh, we see them just conducting uh, these operations. And the uh, Border Management Authority's commissioner here uh, saying this is a multifaceted multi-stakeholder approach of a sting operation that will see certain issues coming under the spotlight. One of them being the issue of human trafficking, mm. where then we're hearing of these 444 children under the age of eight who were traveling without their parents or their guardians. They were being trafficked into South Africa. They were denied entry, we are told here, sent back to sender, this being back to Zimbabwe. But when you look at it, there's just an issue, a serious problem here, mm. because I wonder as to what would have happened, uh, you know, if uh, that uh, the buses were able to make their way into mm. South Africa? Who mm. was ready? Who was waiting to receive this this little ones? And and where were they going? Who was going to take care of them? Where were they going to work? Mm. What, because I'm I'm thinking if you have it's a it's a new generation of young people yes. coming from a certain country into another country that will have to now find their way and go and work around getting into the system, you know, getting jobs, what happens to school, what happens to this young one's future? Is it really that bad uh, in Zimbabwe that then you'd find parents wanting to ship their kids out or their parents are not even aware that their young ones are lost here and they're being shipped into South Africa? What happens to them when they get into South Africa as, as young as they are when, you know what I mean, in, in terms of even the language, the speaking, speech and the likes, these are kids that needs to be developed. So who is developing them here in South Africa. It's a cause for concern. And I think that's putting it lightly Uh. uh, when you say it's a cause for concern because ultimately you you start questioning or asking yourself exactly what, how did this start and Uh. for the BMA to have been able to to intercept this that was an instance of that's an instance of good work that came to our attention via the media because of course we do know that at times you know uh, negativity is often what sells but if there is and there was a need and based on the instruction that President Cyril Ramaphosa gave you then come to know and understand that there were others that fell into and fell through the cracks at a certain point in time, which then begs the question, how long has this been going on? Uh, How long, how many others have been part and parcel (sighs) victims of that? But nevertheless, we have then this confirmation from the Commissioner of the Border Management Authority, uh, Mike Masiapato, uh, um, that 443 children under the age of eight were trafficked from Zimbabwe into South Africa. 443. This follows, of course, a sting 
conducted by the BMA with the SAPS and Home Affairs. He goes on to tell us that of these 443, uh, none of these children seem to have a guardian. Uh, yeah. uh. None of them seemed to have any sense of understanding of what was going on or what they were a part of. Uh-huh. And in doing so, noting something that we have always known of the severity of this human trafficking problem. Yeah. He assured uh, South Africans that there is uh, mechanisms that are being put in place, but certainly they are going to be conducting over this festive period uh, the necessary checks around, you know, our mm. borders and, and, and this mm. notion. But now, here's the thing. And this is where it gets really, really scary. Is the fact that between Zimbabwe and South Africa, you have people who created a system. Because no matter how things may be bad, we know that things are bad in Zimbabwe. But the moment someone is able to, and this is the interesting thing prior to any other thing, is, as you said, how did these kids get here? At what point do you take an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old out of their mother's arms, out of their guardian's care, Uh. put them on a bus and say, you're going into this other space? So it then begs the question to say, is this then something that's systemic, that has its roots in deeper spaces that we don't even know of, right? And in doing so, are we then saying, or in doing so, are we then simply just accepting of this reality to say, oh, human trafficking, it's all right, uh, we'll just, you know, do this and do that. Because it is from that that we would then be able to uh-huh. understand what is the monster that is being dealt with. Because like you say, 443 <laughs> children just displaced, taken away. You don't understand. Uh-huh. Like you say, who's going to feed them? Who's going to take care of them? What, yeah, it is, yeah. what is it that they're going to do? How do they go about doing that? Those types of things are causes for concern. Because until you understand what it is that's happening, until you understand what it is that's going on, then and only then would you then be able to understand how you tackle this thing. Because quite literally, you just have the term, but there's no face, there's no, there's, there's, there's no understanding of who it is that, 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 that follows or that would make such a situation, uh, uh, you know, become so prevalent. The, the sad reality about this is you're not even sure if at any point in time uh, those that were intercepted would go back home or would they uh, find a way to slip through the cracks and, you know, a, a, a whole bunch of things. But it, it, it is disheartening, saddening, but it is also scary. Mm. It is so mm. scary mm. to know that just so easily, had had it not been for this thing, we, we literally would have had this bus come in and we don't even know where half of these kids would end mm. up. And mm. that in and of itself is scary. It is terrifying yeah i mean south africa when you look at it a lot of people saying that uh, uh, you know it's it's a, it's, a, it's it's it has been pushed into being a playground uh, for a lot of illegalities that tend to happen here uh, when you look at uh, the numbers that are given by uh, the commissioner as well around the work that they've been doing on in terms of issues of border management mm. uh, it's it's just a lot of opportunistic elements people trying their luck to make it into south africa mm. uh, then uh, what if Bobile, what 
Popa, then what happens? You come into yes. South Africa, uh, then it means that as we speak right now, uh, there are a lot of issues that are at play here uh, mm-hmm. because this was through a sting operation. They don't hold sting operations every All day. The time, exactly. You know, so uh, this means that, uh, you know, those opportunistic elements tend to play out. There are issues of corruption as well at some of these uh, border posts. How, how does that also feed into uh, the crisis or the challenges that we find ourselves mm-hmm. as we speak right now? We're hearing uh, the commissioner saying uh, just in the last few months alone, uh, they managed to stop about 100,000 people uh, that were trying their luck in terms of entering uh, South Africa uh, for various reasons here. Mm-hmm. And some of them were wanted by Interpol, we are told, in different parts of the world, uh, wanting to just uh, find haven uh, here in South Africa uh, in terms of what we're seeing happen. They're talking about around 200 and something, 279 uh, stolen cars uh, that were stopped from being taken out of uh, South Africa into other countries as well, meaning that uh, when you look at it, issues of criminal elements and criminality uh, that has to do with a cross-border is something that we need to focus on, especially when we're hearing uh, the commissioner here uh, saying that the police have over the years mm-hmm. reported an increase in cases of human trafficking uh, that are playing out uh, here in South Africa, uh, meaning that this was not a unique or an isolated case. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that the officials and law enforcement authorities have been seized with over time. Yes. And I think that's the scary aspect. You know, as we just said, there's no face to this thing. Mm. But for this to have occurred, it means that at some point in time something else occurred. And that's when you then realize that the system is broken. Mm. But not only that, we perpetuated its brokenness and in it being broken you then come to realize that you actually don't have a space to actively make and be a part of you know these 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 types of things so that you can be able to understand but be able to fix it uh, and, 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 and it's not just a moral or anything of the uh, sort. It's, it's, it's just a general principle of we need to fix this. How do we fix this? And how do we collectively uh, do it? Because when you now see if, if, if this bus was able and had not been intercepted, you would have had probably more than, uh, you know, 400 people children coming in and 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 how many others have actually come in Uh, as a result thereof before it was even ever noted or understood or anything of the sort and 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 that that is the 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 scary and that is the uh, very very disheartening aspect of things to be able to say if this did not happen what would have become you know what i mean but also (sighs) what has already been happening and yeah. that's the thing like you, yeah. how many more stories like this have actually taken place knowingly so mm. and that is a problem it's a it's a problem, a big one. Uh, when you look at also the immigration issues that we have here at home, domestic challenges uh, that we have here at home, and this doesn't help in terms of uh, the friction that we've seen over time exactly. uh, tend to exist between locals and migrants. So when you're seeing issues like these uh, coming out, and it doesn't look like uh, really when you look at it, uh, we are winning where this is concerned, uh, then it, it's just something that is disheartening uh, uh, to say the least uh, because at the end of the day, we'll uh, continue seeing the whole blame game in terms of who is to blame certain, uh, you know, criminal activities. You'd hear people then wanting to attribute them to uh, foreign nationals and the likes. Uh, so the sooner we get our immigration issues right, uh, the better here. Uh, but uh, I'm yeah. just glad that, uh, you know, through the establishment of the Border Management Authority, at least uh, we're seeing a little bit of a focus, right, uh, compared yeah. to uh, what would happen in the past where uh, you're seeing the police doing their thing, you're seeing members of the 
SANDF mm-hmm. doing their thing, uh, their border patrollers and the likes. And you'd hear uh, people then saying that uh, there are even syndicates that mm-hmm. are operating within these particular uh, ports of entry mm-hmm. uh, because they are enablers. They are those people that would enable yes. uh, these things uh, from happening. Yes. Uh, so we need to then uh, see uh, the authorities get to the bottom here of, of what was happening. But ask those relevant questions to say, uh, this bus, who authorized it? Mm-hmm. Where was it going to land? Who is this person that is waiting to receive these kids? Because it will tend to give you a sense of whether we are dealing with a bigger syndicate here that has been working around kids coming out of other countries, not just Zimbabwe alone, but coming into South Africa uh, to fend uh, for themselves. What happens when they grow? Where do we place them in the economy? You know, because they are kids, they are undocumented. How do we actually ensure that there's development, Mm -hmm. adequate development for the young ones? Uh, Something that would have to see them get into the system somewhat. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are human beings. So you're bound to uh, fall ill and the likes. Where do you, you obviously are going to seek medical attention. You go to a clinic, you go to a hospital. Uh, Those resources, have they been budgeted for, uh, you know, to ensure that everyone is accommodated here uh, where uh, this is concerned. So there's just a, a bigger issue at hand here where issues of uh, human trafficking and the likes are concerned. Uh, but just a reminder to our listeners that at the bottom of the hour, we'll be bringing in uh, Dumisan Nleya, Advocate Dumisan Nleya, who's coming through uh, from the Phoenix Foundation, uh, who will just let us in on how they're receiving uh, this news, especially when you look at uh, the originality of uh, these kids. These kids were coming out of uh, Zimbabwe, coming into South Africa, and we'll tend to see how then, uh, you know, they are working. So, yeah, that conversation actually happening at 2 o'clock, between 2 o'clock and 2.30, where then we'll tend to really hear from the foundation uh, what work has been done, how are they understanding, uh, you know, these kids, where were they going according to them because they are a foundation coming out of Zimbabwe. If this was an isolated case or they've been inundated uh, with, uh, you know, the police saying that they need to help here, how do they work with the authorities to ensure uh, that there's, you know, legal uh, ways of doing things here. Uh, if maybe indeed people want to come into South Africa for asylum or come into South Africa for uh, whatever reason, you know what I mean? The uh, processes uh, that need to be adhered to. If you're saying that, uh, you know, the environment in Zimbabwe is not conducive enough uh, for these kids, they're impoverished and the likes, their processes, you can actually go about it in a way that uh, the Department of Home Affairs will mm-hmm. give you those certain options available to you uh, to say this is how uh, you go about it. But we'll have Advocate Dumisani at the top of two uh, who will just help us go into uh, this particular issue, uh, just looking at also the operations that would be underway to try by all means to curb uh, issues of criminality uh, during uh, the festive season. I want us to go to uh, this story in the Northwest province uh, where we are seeing a case of extortion here mm-hmm. uh, from this lady uh, who cried foul to say that she was raped uh, when this was indeed not uh, the case. We are seeing uh, the police there saying they are pursuing her, uh, you know, even though she's, uh, you know, pulled out and withdrew uh, the case here. Uh, issues of false rape accusations, it's its its a problem uh, when you look at it, especially when you look at how then we're talking about issues of gender-based violence and how then uh, we tend to see people, genuine cases of rape mm. happening here. But here's this woman that approached the police uh, frivolously uh, just coming through with a case that was not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing about this story is the fact that when you all other things aside, you know, about uh, 16 days and whatnot, when you consider the fact that this is a pandemic, it, there's no other way, like, it, it, it is a pandemic, GBV is a pandemic, uh, femicide is a pandemic, and then you consider the ease with which this lady could have easily ruined someone's life, she already did, you become worried your heart becomes sore. But a woman in the Northwest has been arrested for registering a false rape case against her former boyfriend. According to police, the 29-year-old woman claimed that the man raped her. However, she later confessed that she lied. 
police spokesperson Brigadier Sabata Mokwabone said Ayanda Jim registered a rape case against her ex-boyfriend on November 26th. It is said that as a part of the investigation, the Family Violence, Children Protection and Sexual Offences Unit, the investigating officer took the woman to the doctor for medical examination. According to the information, the doctor was about to examine the woman when she informed the I.O. Uh, that she was not raped and she reported the case to extort money from her former boyfriend. Thus, the case of perjury was then registered and the woman was the one who was arrested. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, to think that uh, this is that. a reality. These are the yes. cases that really happen. Yes. And and like you're saying, there's someone's life, someone's future that hangs in the balance like here. This. I mean, when you remember the story mm. of that little boy, uh, that, 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 even, that grade 11 boy mm. committed yeah. the same thing. And then what did yeah. he do? Committed yeah. suicide yeah. because of... The understanding of even if it's a false claim, and this is the thing, and and you know many might think that somehow this is a justification of you know one would listen and think, oh no, they're simply saying that no GPV doesn't uh, exist and it's just men being men, but this is someone's life, and I think that yep. the inability to have a certain level of remorse to understand the fact that your actions have a direct impact on. Some whether someone becomes employable and all of that to now being a convict and to now being, you know, a, a, a criminal. Yeah. That you, you don't get back from that. You yes. don't. You 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 absolutely, absolutely, absolutely don't, because of the fact that that is what people would 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 now see. Um, you know, convicted rapist, mang 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 mang, convicted, and it's it's. <sighs> You worry because if it was so easy for this uh, young lady to be able to simply just say, I'm going to go and ask and do this, it's, 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 it's scary, it's disheartening, it's everything that you could possibly think as far as, you know, things going wrong and how things are. It is just, mm. Mm. yeah. It's it's also cringy, and and I think yes. she would have to be one person uh, that then is an example uh, in terms of how then people should not play with people's lives like this, uh, because when you look at it, uh, it was only when uh, she was you know more or less tested here uh, to say let's test, uh, and they were examining her when she informed the investigating officer mm-hmm. that. She actually was not raped. She reported the case to try extort money from her former boyfriend. Uh, thus, we're seeing the police here saying they are pushing and pursuing a case of perjury that was registered against uh, this woman. So I think this would then be just also a caution to others that may want to do something like this to steer clear uh, because even though you try by all means to uh, cancel the case and the likes, uh, the police would still uh, in any way uh, pursue you uh, here. So I want us to end our talk uh, this morning uh, with uh, the look at uh, you know what came out of World AIDS Day, uh, the 1st of December. Uh, always a hive of activity around uh, what is happening here. Uh, be seeing issues of motherhood also coming yeah. into uh, the picture here. A young HIV positive moms in South Africa uh, opening up about issues of regret, issues of anger, uh, where mm-hmm. motherhood is concerned. Uh, this is a tricky space. You know, a lot of people would say yes. it comes with a lot of joy. Others would say it comes with it's a foreign space uh, for one to find uh, themselves in and the World AIDS Day also a reminder of some of the challenges that mothers also find uh, themselves themselves in uh, but them just also giving us a sense of and opening up around issues of regret and anger here indeed uh, that is indeed such a case and it, it is something worthwhile around you know the ability to actually look mm. and create awareness so we do know that in many african cultures mothers are expected to be resilient happy and tenacious but uh, there are often silenced aspects of motherhood and so a recent study found that young mothers were dealing with inter 
dissecting uh, psychological, socioeconomic, health and cultural and physiological dynamics. Uh, of course, now this was heightened uh, by uh, HIV status, uh, creating another layer of complexity due to the attached health uh, stigmas and responsibilities and shame so uh, scholarship from the eastern western and southern parts of the continent has emphasized how motherhood is linked to notions of continuity strength and sacrifice unconditional love consecration and spirituality family ties and loyalty as well as happiness um, mothers are of course expected to co to be and to hold on to so many of these things um, and so they should are generally not expected to share any negative emotions about their experiences and their roles. Uh, now, based on this, uh, there's the, of course, the key belief that motherhood is the, the, the key purpose uh, of, of, of motherhood is, is simply just to be able to survive. But what we have now come to realize, or certainly as has been shared, you know, of the, 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 the cuff of uh, World AIDS Day, um, interviews with uh, HIV positive mothers in Johannesburg um, you come to realize that these women one uh, became mothers when they were adolescents uh, their children's ages range from two months to seven year old uh, seven years old and uh, you know you come to realize then that there's 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 nuances to stories there's nuances to um these things what we're told is none of these young mothers had planned planned to become pregnant so already they were dealing with the uh, psychological uh. effects of that uh, some of them were, were likely victims of rape uh, some of them were, were likely victims of you know having been born uh, with hiv and had probably at a time at which uh, there was still the stigma you know and oh. so from this you 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 dealing with uh, women who are facing not only just the challenges of motherhood but similarly so facing the stigma and the challenges of health and the ability as to 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 understand and know whether or not they would be able to to to, to provide to be able to live healthily and not put uh, their children at risk and so you find yourself in the midst of that and you now begin to worry around how do we change this what is it that we still need to do all these years later to make it better so sure. it's a tricky one and i think uh, one of the things that really make it more trickier is the fact that it's a different stroke for different folk kind of situation whereby uh, each and everyone has have their own journeys and yes. ex personal experience yes. around yes. issues of motherhood uh, it's just uh, you know human emotions are very complex like uh, they say here uh, where uh, this study is concerned mm -hmm. uh, but we're seeing a lot of also stress because you don't know what lies ahead uh, there. And I think also the socioeconomic challenges whereby parents are faced with the reality of saying, okay, I mean, you are already struggling alone. Now you're bringing a human into this space. Uh, how do you actually deal with all of these? How are you ready? You know, can you ever say that you're ready uh, to be a parent here? How do you navigate this space in a way that uh, you won't leave the little one compromised mm -hmm. and you ask yourself, why did I bring this one into the world? Or they ask you to say, why did you bring me here, mm. uh, bro? Because, I mean, I'm struggling here. Uh, and, and, and you know, these young ones, especially, but no, they'll question you. <laughs> they'll question everything. <laughs> they'll everything. question and they'll ask you. I have a Tiro Manro here on X saying, at Par FM at Katero the gold that you're talking about ends up in Dubai, believe it or not. So, sure, it's talking about the illegal, mm. uh, you know, mining activities to say uh, who then, where is the market? Where do they end mm. up uh, here uh, saying that they end up in uh, Dubai? Maybe there's a need for a greater expose around Definitely. this uh, to really scratch and find out what's happening here. I know, uh, yeah, 
Al Jazeera has been doing the God's work mm. in terms of investigating some of these complex issues and cases mm. and trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, maybe one day uh, we'll get a sense of how uh, then these, uh, you know, gold, uh, all of these illegal activities around the mines find a greater audience uh, somewhere else uh, whereby uh, we've seen people getting rich here uh, through these particular uh, resources. Uh, I want us to leave it here uh, for this morning. It's always short, but it's always nice, right? Uh, it, it, it's always lovely to start uh, the weekend, the day this way. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, people will get a greater sense of what lies ahead where this week is concerned, uh, but also take care of themselves and, and also just, to, you, know, you know, party. And, and I was asking earlier on to say, are we already there in the festive season or does it kick in maybe around the 16th of December, 15th this year because of that public holiday? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're others even saying that we are already, it started all the way with the spring box. So <laughs> where, where are we uh, as we speak? Right? Uh, no, 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 no. It starts uh, December is a 31, as they say, is a 31 day weekend. Mm. Uh, so, but to say, I am saying just for the sake, for the sake of, of pushing time pushing time <laughs> uh, you know, because you have to but certainly rest assured that from the moment you yeah. start heading into you know that a lot of IEP schools are closing this week followed mm. by government schools so by the time you head to the closing of schools and kids are done then that's when that's the official it knowing that now. So right now, people are still behaving, but uh, we're there. We're there. We're there already. Kitty boss. Undoubtedly, people are there already. Chloe, thank you very much, man. Thank Please, you so much. Uh, may it be kind to you this December. Uh, may it really be a lovely uh, end of the year. Uh, it's been a, a journey, uh, you yes. know, where uh, this year is concerned. But 2023, uh, just drawing to an end here. And we're hoping that also uh, the year 2024 comes through with all its nuggets of positivity, uh, all of those nice things that we need here. But we really appreciate you on the show. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so very much. The pleasure is all mine, and certainly those blessings, I pray that they are imparted double-fold onto you. Let us always remember, despite the difficulties, our country is still a beautiful place worth fighting for, so let's keep the good fight going. Thank you. So, so very much. Awesome, man. He goes by at LRK underscore Musue there on the socials. Also, he's on Instagram. So, you're welcome to really follow his work throughout the week as he's one phenomenal person that you you really, really get the best out of him if you follow his work. But I want us to break a bit. When we come back, we go to Dubai, not for the gold that you know is talking about here, but we're going there for COP28. Uh, this climate conference that, that's taking place uh, all the way to the 12th of uh, December. Uh, we have our very own officials here from South Africa uh, that are also playing a role uh, there. And uh, like uh, if this weekend is anything to go by, where this heat wave is concerned, uh, you'll tend to understand that we're part of the global community and we're not sparred where developments around climate change are concerned. But Loazi Mangwele is our guy. He's on standby and then he'll come through to just take us all the way to the top of two uh, where this COP28 is concerned. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.